0: Kawhi Leonard is going to join the Clippers. Kawhi turns the corner for the win! Got it. Three on the way! Yes! Paul
1: George nails it! Lou Williams for the win! Bingo! Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Clip and Roll. I am your host Justin Russo.
2: I'm your other host Farbad Esnashari.
1: This podcast is being brought to you by Bet Online and Blue Wire. So Farbod, uh, with everything going on, uh, I'll even just say around the globe. It's not even just the United States. Protests, marches, demonstrations have taken place on every continent in the world. I believe um, there was one in Perth, Australia. There's been some outside the United States embassy in Germany. As this pertains to the Clippers, the Los Angeles Clippers, through a, st- uh, a statement on behalf of Doc Rivers and the LA Clippers, uh, was released on May 31st. For those who do not know, uh, obviously Doc Rivers is the head coach of the Los Angeles Clippers, but when Doc Rivers was with the San Antonio Spurs, uh, his house was burned down in uh, uh, just which is an exclusive community outside of San Antonio. At the time, R.C. Buford, who was a scout for the San Antonio Spurs, and he's now the CEO of the San Antonio Spurs, gets a call. He hears the news of this happening. He goes to Doc Rivers' home in Shavano. Uh, he He basically rescues the pictures of Doc Rivers' children, and he also saves Doc's collection of Muhammad Ali memorabilia because Buford knew that Muhammad Ali was the only sports idol that Doc Rivers ever had. So that segues into Doc Rivers' statement that the Clippers released. Here is the statement. I will read it to you. My father was a 30-year veteran of the Chicago Police Department, and if he were still with us right now, he'd be hurt and outraged by the senseless acts of racial injustice that continue to plague our country. Being black in America is tough. I've personally been called more racial slurs than I can count, been pulled over many times because of the color of my skin, and even had my home burned down. The response we are seeing across the nation to the murder of George Floyd is decades in the making. Too often people rush to judge the response instead of the actions that prompted it. We have allowed too many tragedies to pass in vain. This is not an African-American issue. This is a human issue. Our society must start getting comfortable with the uncomfortable conversation and do the right thing. Silence and inactivity are not acceptable anymore. Now is the time to speak. November is the time to vote. Your words carry a lot of weight and your and your ballots carry even more. The day has come to confront real problems and be part of the solution. That was the Doc Rivers statement on behalf of Doc Rivers and the Los Angeles Clippers. I do want to talk about this because, yes, while basketball is forefront in our mind in terms of what we have to discuss on this podcast, and yes, we are contractually obligated to talk about it, and we will talk about it soon, there is stuff happening around the country. We're seeing it play out in uh, major metropolitan areas and cities, New York City, Los Angeles, um, Minneapolis where George Floyd was uh, killed. We've seen it in Seattle protests, demonstrations, marches. We've seen it everywhere. And I do want to talk about it because this is something that is at the core of America itself. We've seen civil rights leaders and, um, people who have, uh, predominant voices in the civil rights, uh, area of life such as Harry and Harriet Moore in 1951, George Washington Lee in 55, as well as Lamar Smith, Dr. Thomas Brewster in 1956, Herbert Lee in 1961, Medgar Evers, who was killed in 1963, Lewis Allen in 1964, who actually saw the murder of Herbert Lee in 1961, James Chaney, Andrew Goodman and Michael Schwerner in 1964, Malcolm X in 1965, Sammy Young Jr. in 1966, as well as Vernon Dahmer in 1966, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. in 1968 and Fred Hampton in 1969. You cannot tell the story of America without telling the story of black America because black America and the stuff that has happened to them is America for too long. African-Americans have been oppressed and marginalized and stricken down by a system that aims to make it near impossible for them to flourish in a country that they helped build. You cannot deny that they helped build it. it is it is a fact of life. Police violence against African-Americans in the black community has been going on for generations and decades and centuries. Violence against people who have the moral integrity to speak out against injustices has been going on for far too long and is an issue that silence only emboldens. According to the website mappingpoliceviolence.org, which has detailed breakdowns of police violence from across the country, black people were 24% of those killed by police despite being only 13% of the population. Black people are three times more likely to be killed by police than white people, despite being 1.3 times more likely to be unarmed compared to white people. I'm a white man. Uh, For those who have not ever met me, who have not seen me on Twitter, if you only just listen to the podcast, I'm sure you can tell I am a white man. I was (laughs) born into a middle class family and only ever went to private schools. I was shielded from the true horrors of the world for most of my young life. But just because I wasn't privy to the information then doesn't mean I can't speak up now or continue to speak up against the injustices that have ravaged and continues to devastate this nation for a great deal of time. White America does not understand the plight and the great many injustices that black America America has to deal with on a daily basis. So it might seem weird that a white person is, is detailing to you something like this. I can walk down the street without fear of getting harassed by a police officer or a store clerk. I can jog down a street without being gunned down by two cowardly white supremacists like Ahmaud Arbery was. I can go into a market and come back home alive, unlike George Floyd did. That's white privilege. White privilege is armed citizens showing up at government buildings during a global pandemic, mind you, and not being met with severe opposition or force from the police department. Meanwhile, pro- peaceful protesters, like in Washington, D.C., on Monday evening, who had their arms raised only to have cops bash them and tear gas them and flashbang them just so a president could go through with a photo op across the street, are met with violent opposition. This, for far too long, has been the reality of America, and to continue turning a blind eye to those in need is a grave injustice that no person with any ounce of moral fiber in their being can allow to happen. You must use your voice, no matter how large or small or inconsequential as you might think it is, to speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. I have not had to endure anything close to the level of racism and oppression that African Americans have to deal with. I urge those with the power to say something or to do something to continue to fight for the civil liberties that we are rightful to have. It's been too long. It's been too bloody It has been long past time to stop the bloodshed and the violence. If not now, when I'm going to end this with a quote from Megar Evers, who was a civil rights activist in Mississippi and one of the people that I looked up to in my life. Evers also Evers also served it in World War II and worked to over, overturn segregation at the university of Mississippi, among other places. Evers was shot and killed on June 12th, 1963, Just hours after President John F. Kennedy gave his landmark civil rights address, his killer was Byron D. LeBeckwith, who did not actually get convicted of the crime despite killing Evers in 1963 until 1994. Evers was pulling into his driveway when D. LeBeckwith gunned him down. Evers' wife, Merle, came out to find him. Evers made his way after getting shot in the back through the heart, 30 feet where she found him. The quote is In the racial picture, things will never be as they once were history has reached a turning point here and over the world you can kill a man but you can't kill his idea farbod i'm sorry to start with that this is just an issue that cannot be not talked about it's something that is going on we've seen marches and demonstrations and protests in all 50 states It's something that while we see portrayed on the news, you don't know until you're there on the front lines and seeing the way protesters are being treated and things are being handled uh, around, around the country or around the globe, things of like, things like that. I know you have your own thoughts. I'm going to get out of the way and let you speak about them. I, cause I am a white man. I do not know anything about oppression. I want to say that again. So to hear me speak about it might seem and ring a little bit hollow. Um, I'm going to step aside though. You have the floor to say anything that you want.
2: I mean, uh, it's not really much more. I could say that's better than how you put it. So I will, not I will keep it a little bit shorter than, I mean, it kind of do a disservice to what you just said. It is an, it is an interesting perspective to go through as a, uh, as a Middle Eastern who's pretty much been stopped at the airport every single time since he was 16 and deliberately trims his beard so it doesn't look too scary Um, it's also interesting just seeing my parents leave Iran which had a government kind of controlling everyone and everyone getting ready to start a revolution and almost the same thing happened here which is also an interesting perspective but at the same time it's it's much different in Iran they literally just stopped stoning each other 8 years ago so that's much different (laughs) Um, but I guess the, the one thing I would want to emphasize more than anything is in 1943, it was the uh, very first time New York had a curfew or sorry, the last time New York had a curfew. 2020 is the next time after that they had a curfew like they did in 1943. And in 1943, the reason for that curfew was because police officers shot a African-American soldier and it caused the Harlem riots. So it begins the question of why are we having the same conversation in 1943 in 1992 and in 2020. So then it becomes a matter of okay there are there is police brutality but the bigger question is why does this keep repeating and who keeps making it okay to allow police brutality because you would think at one point the issue gets stamped out you know like in if if something happens you rectify it and and everyone understands that it's wrong and you move on but it seems like deep down in some kind of position of power or in someone's hearts it isn't wrong and these protests or back then at least those protests it is uh they just use to silence people but never actually eliminate the people in power that allow it to happen again. Now, the biggest difference I can see from this situation to the other situation, other than the obvious size of everything, is the fact that in almost every other situation and in protest, the world is in a normal state. So as soon as they're done protesting or as soon as everything's been reprimanded, we go back to watching movies, we go back to gossiping about celebrities, we go back to watching basketball in this particular instance, the thing that's most interesting is that the moment this is over, we're all going back to quarantine and probably harder than ever. And people are still going to be mad because it's still going to be mad about being unemployed and still going to be mad about going to quarantine. So I I don't, it, it is a very unfounded territory in the regards that no matter what happens moving forward, there is going to be something to be mad about, whether it's this, the movement, the quarantine, everything—it's uh, it is a very unique and combined with the virus, a once in a century type situation.
1: There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner Bet Online. NASCAR is back, and Bet Online has hundreds of other games, events, and sports to get in on you can still bet on simulated nfl nba and ufc events 24 7. or you can participate in a ten thousand dollar madden bracket challenge a march madness style nfl simulation tournament that you can enter for free and live right now on bet online's youtube channel you will find an exclusive interview with ex chicago bulls ron harper horace grant bill cartwright and craig hodges to discuss the michael jordan documentary on what they're calling the final dance Visit betonline.ag, that's betonline.ag, and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all the action. That's promo code B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. The other
2: thing you have to remember on why this is all so important or why people who typically wouldn't care about this and they just you know want to hear about basketball is because of the history of the clippers if If you don't care about this in this situation, the best way to make somebody care about something is to make it relatable to them make it make it strike to home to them so in the same way, everyone was upset about. Sterling statements and how he treated his players and how fans galvanized towards the Clippers in game 5 against the Warriors this is that same thing it is the same boat you're fighting for the same people those same players are just as upset then probably even more upset now than they were then so if you are you know a clipper fan this is something that should hit home with you because it's all too familiar It's something you just saw all of your favorite players go through. And it's something that uh, you shouldn't be okay with.
1: I mean, you're not wrong. Their uh, former owner, I don't want to say his name, their former owner uh, had a plethora of discrimination lawsuits. There's no words. This was a man who owned a basketball team. And he was allowed to fester and, um, run rampant for no reason, other than the fact that he was an owner. And I didn't want to spend too long on him because I've given him enough of my time in terms of just going in on him. And I just, I just, he's useless. And so you look now with a guy like Steve Ballmer, who's a complete 180 from the other guy. And, you know, you talk about where the Los Angeles Clippers are now as both a organization as a team. It's night and day. I mean, you and I've had lengthy discussions both on and off the podcast about that, how the Clippers of today are vastly different from the Clippers of six, seven years ago in so many facets, both on the court, off the court, uh, front office owner, you know, top on down. And, you know, I, I'm thankful that the owner of the Clippers right now is not the other guy cuz I I could not ever see the other guy releasing us or allowing Doc Rivers to make a statement like that.
2: Yeah, I mean I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to make anybody too down so we got to we got to bring the mood up a little bit somewhere cuz people have to find something to feel a little bit uh happy about things. So I want to steer no play on words, I want to steer this Clippership into a little bit more lighthearted news. And uh, Paul George, before everything happened, was on the Woe Show on YouTube and mentioned how, and this should get people happy, he was extremely confident in the Clippers' chances to win a championship. His exact quote was, I feel we have the roster, we have the coach, we have the owner, we've got the city. I'm extremely confident in what we can do. I feel amazing from a personal standpoint. My body is back 100. I'm healthy. The team is only getting healthier. And we got championship DNA from our coaching staff to our roster. Championship DNA within our locker room and within our building. We know what it takes, and we're excited to get it going. And that is as supremely confident as you could want in a player. So if there's anything that people can look forward to in such a plethora of bleak times, whether it is the murder hornets or the protests or police police brutality or monkeys stealing COVID-19 samples in India, which is the craziest thing I've ever heard, um, at least you can know there is a good chance your favorite team is going to be coming back. They want to come back and they feel confident enough to win a championship
1: confidence is key. You hear that through all walks of life, right? Like confidence is key. And, uh, it's good to feel confident just because you're confident doesn't mean you're going to win, but you got to believe that you can do it before you actually do it. So it's good that they, uh, they believe, especially Paul George, uh, that they can do it. And it's, but the best part of that wasn't even the confidence. The best part of that entire quote was, Uh, my body is back 100, I'm healthy. The team is only getting healthier. Like, that is the best part of his entire quote to me because that means, you know, this team was dealing with injuries. We've talked about it before. Paul George had three hamstring injuries. Uh, Patrick Beverly had three groin strains. You know, um, Kawhi obviously deals with his uh, quad tendinopathy. Like, these are things that um, that they've dealt with. And so it's nice to know basically it's just nice to know that they uh they're getting healthier they're in a right spot mentally you know a lot of people are going through it mentally right now just because you're being cooped up after for several months but it's good to know they're there mentally it's good to know they're there health-wise uh physically so you know i don't see you know they're going to be one of the three favorites then milwaukee and the lakers like those are your three favorites so as long as the clippers are able to be healthy going into whenever this begins um that is the biggest key because as Adrian Wojnarowski uh, put out the story on Tuesday afternoon, the NBA has shared a timeline with teams that the last possible date for game seven of the NBA finals, whenever the season will resume is October 12th. And one of the reasons I'm speculating is because they want there to be a two month gap between the finals and the start of the next season because you at least want 60 days for players to basically, you know, wind down and then ramp back up into shape. So it would effectively give them roughly a month off because you'd give them November off, uh, well the last half of October and then all of November off, uh, or half of November off, excuse me. And then, you know, you, you would basically go with training camp and then in preseason and probably be again on Christmas. So, you know, the, the last, possible date for nba finals game seven will be october 12th under this new timeline the nba board of governors is going to vote on thursday uh and it's expected that they're going to approve a lot of stuff so we'll see i mean it sounds like the season's coming back as long as there isn't a second wave or or if the second wave isn't bad or what have you so you know just cross your fingers that you're going to get basketball back and i guess we'll find out We'll, we'll know when you guys know basically.
2: I do want to end this on a happy note. So I wanted to play the audio of what I thought was probably the most wholesome video I've seen on the internet in quite a long time. There is a, uh, a young guy on Twitter named Joey Lynn, who is, uh,
1: who always love Joey. What's up, Joe?
2: He always fires the best shots. So I'm sure he's going to be very happy about this. He's got the best takes you'll get on Twitter. He wants to be a sports broadcaster and it was his birthday on the 30th. And his dad gave him a cameo video from Boban. And Boban recorded the most wholesome, like, best video I've ever seen. In a way that will make you smile no matter what. So I'm going to play the audio for that.
0: Hey, Joy, What's up, my friend? Happy 20th birthday. All best, my friend. Thank you because you a huge fan. Love to hear that because game is serious <laughs> and you know what I find out going to college to be sport broadcasting wow I love to hear that I hope like so in the future we make we, we, we talk each other and you'll be there and you say hi 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 if you ask me something please make sure to be easy question because I don't know how to respond on tough question and I know you will do that for me because we now friends right now and I know you're missing I know you're missing basketball and I'm missing your team you know, like, and I'm uh, missing my brother, Toby, but, uh, you know, this is like, this is how we hold holding these days, but you must stay strong, must stay powerful, and one more time, because you have the best parents, they make you to have a nice happy birthday, and happy birthday from me, your mom, your dad, and Chandler. Guys, love you, take care, be safe.
1: He's the best. That's incredible. That's incredible. He's the best. <laughs> I love Bobon and a uh, happy belated birthday, Joey. I know I wish you happy birthday on Twitter, but... Happy birthday on here. If you want to follow Joey, his Twitter handle is at, at Joey. Lynn.
2: Y- Yovan.
1: Yeah. He's yeah. Okay. We'll go with that. His Twitter handle is at Joey Lynn. That's J O E Y L I N N. And there's an underscore at the end of that. Um, look, I know you all come to us for basketball. I'm sorry to kind of bring the mood down with real world stuff happening. I do want to end by saying I hope everyone, you know, just take care of yourself. There is still a global pandemic happening. Um tell your loved ones that you love them. Farbot, I love you. You know, you and I have been doing this for a couple months now. I would like to think we're friends. <laughs> so, you know, I you know, take care of yourself, take care of your family. You know, I think we're going to get through this. Just stay vigilant, stay safe. And everybody love everybody. At the end of the day, we're all we got, you know. Uh, about you got anything?
2: No, I was just, just going to end with I love you too.
1: Oh, babe. <laughs> BB.